I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the unbreakable you podcast it is december i honestly can't even wrap my head around that but that just makes me a true adult right when we are constantly saying that we can't believe it's whatever month it is and how the year is just flying by so quickly that is what makes us an adult. So anyways, happy December and welcome back to our monthly solo episode. On the first Wednesday of every month, I dedicate this episode to a solo episode. So it's just me here this week and we talk about mental health. This is our monthly mental health check-in episode and I love these episodes so much. I love curling up in my office, getting all cozy. I have a tea right here beside me. I'm sipping on some roasted dandelion root tea right now. It's one of my favorites. I drink it every single day. And I'm just sitting here with my laptop in front of me, a little notepad, and my microphone and I'm just pretending I'm having this heart-to-heart chat with you as I do every single month. These mental health check-in episodes are just one of my favorites to record and ever since starting this little series with you, these episodes really quickly became your favorite episode of the month as well. So I have a particularly great one planned for you this month because it's December. It's kind of a big deal. This is the last month of the year. I plan to continue to do these mental health check-in episodes in the new year, but it's just so crazy to think that the next time I record a mental health check-in episode, It's going to be 2022. This year just absolutely flew by. So what can you expect in this episode? So first of all, as I do with all of our mental health check-in episodes, I just give you a little glimpse into my behind-the-scenes life and how my mental health has been and has been feeling over the past month. So I'll let you know all about that. And then I'm going to share a practice with you that maybe stood out to me this past month that really helped support my mental health. And then I typically answer one listener question, but I actually have two this month. I figured the one was too good not to answer but I could probably get through it fairly quickly and the other one was kind of time sensitive. I felt like it was a perfect question to answer throughout December so we're doing two questions in this episode. 
But let's dive into the topic of how my mental health was throughout the month of November. Honestly, things have been feeling really great lately. I feel kind of like a broken record over here, and that's not to say that everything is sunshine and rainbows here constantly, but my mental health really is in a really great place. November seemed to fly by, and I just got into a nice rhythm as I'm going to share with you with one of the practices that I felt really stood out to me this month. And just, I feel like something that could also help your mental health too, or support you in that way, if you are looking for support in that area. So actually, at the beginning of this year, which feels like last week, I set a goal for myself. I wanted to read one book per month. Now, I have friends who easily read like four books, even more every single month. I have a friend who I believe she is on her 90th book of the year. That is nine zero, not 19, 90. So she is a avid reader and I love reading, but I felt like for myself, I would be so proud of myself if I was to if I was able to read one book a month this year, so a total of 12 books, I am happy to report that I am on my 12th book of the year and I think I can squeak out another two books to put me at a total of 14 books by the end of this year. I will let you know next month if I end up accomplishing that goal, but I will for sure reach my goal of reading 12 books this year, which I'm super proud of. So going back to what I said before, and you have to forgive me, I'm actually on my period right now. It is day one of my cycle. So when I say I am sitting here cozy in my office right now, that is the true scene of what's going on. (laughs) I'm feeling great. I love when I'm on my period, but I am definitely feeling tired and groggy and kind of foggy today. So if my words are kind of jumbled, just forgive me, but I promise I have a great episode for you today. But anyways, going back to what I was saying before, at the beginning of this year, I had that goal to read 12 books this year and I thought it would be a lot of fun to invite you all in on that journey with me. So in January of this year, I actually launched my very first book club ever and over a hundred of you signed up to read these books along with me. We started having monthly calls to discuss the books and it's just been a lot of fun and I in a result of all of that, I have been able to read those 12 books, but I've also really enjoyed all of them. I made sure we were reading fiction books because the purpose of this book club was to really just like give ourselves a chance to relax throughout the day, throughout the course of a month, and just kind of get lost 
in some fiction. I really love how a fiction novel can just kind of transport us somewhere else, introduce us to new characters, new stories, new experiences, and I just love that so much. So I have been reading every single month since January and just throughout the month of November, I actually have been consistently reading every single evening for two hours before I go to bed throughout the summer and probably even last winter. I was definitely in a Netflix cycle. I would just watch like two hours of Netflix and then I'd go to bed. And throughout this fall, um, for these past couple of months, I've actually been watching Gilmore Girls for the very first time in my entire life. I know I am so late to the party, but it was worth the wait. I don't think I would have appreciated this show if I was watching it when it first came out. I was pretty young at the time. But anyways, I have been watching Gilmore Girls and I just realized that I didn't love being in front of a screen right up until the time I went to bed, which is like 10 o'clock at night. So I started a new habit and it wasn't easy at first. It felt uncomfortable. I really wanted to watch Gilmore Girls. I felt like it was just so much easier than picking up a book and reading it. But at the same time, I also didn't want to watch Gilmore Girls and I did want to start this new habit. And I share this with you because I think that's really common. We can be doing something over and over and over and over again and we keep doing this thing because it just feels easy. It just feels like the easier option. Like I said, with watching Gilmore Girls every single night, before I went to bed, it was just easy. I would plop down on my bed, throw Gilmore Girls on, grab a snack, grab a mug of tea, and I would just lay there and not have to think about anything. And I was just staring at the screen. And although it was really easy and it started to feel like this comfortable routine that I was in that I didn't have to force or think about at all. It was also something that I didn't really want to be doing anymore. I wanted to start doing something that would actually allow me to feel so much better. I wanted to shut my screen off and open up a book and get lost in some fiction again. I wanted to spend those last two hours of my day leading up to bedtime just getting lost in a book. And I think this can apply to so many areas within our life too, where we know that something that we're doing just feels not right for us anymore. Maybe it feels a little expired, like it's time to move on from something, but we're just comfortable there. And it does feel uncomfortable doing something else. And I just wanted to point out that I totally felt like that too. Even with something as simple as turning off my screen and picking up a book instead, like that's doing something different. And it was something that I wanted to do, but at the same time, it was kind of like 
effort. I had to put in this effort to make this change in my life. And I finally did it. And after getting into that routine, after about like two days or so, I actually start to look forward to sitting down with my book in the evening. I even catch myself throughout the day being like, oh, can I just take a break right now and sit down and cuddle up with my book? So like I said, I share this with you because I think this just shows up in so many other areas of our life. I specifically work with women not only women going through eating disorder recovery or disordered eating recovery or hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery, all types of recovery, even beyond those types. But I'm sure if you're listening to me describe how we know when something in our life kind of reaches that expiration date, but it's still hard to let go of it and create a new habit. So I just want to let you know that I completely understand that and I am here for you to support you throughout that journey as well. If you're listening to this and being like, yeah, that hits home big time, but I just don't know how to take those next steps. Just know I'm here for you and I can support you through that. So going back to that practice that stood out to me, definitely reading every night is the thing that stood out to me most throughout November when I was kind of reflecting on this past month as I was prepping for this episode. I knew it was reading a book. So if you are looking to support your mental health in some way this coming month, I would definitely suggest picking up a book. Go to your local bookstore and just treat yourself to a book or even hit up the library if you don't want to purchase a book of your own and rent a book from the library. I know my friends do a lot of library renting. (laughs) I don't know if that's the right terminology, but they rent books from the library. I personally can support the authors who write these books, and I know um, that just feels good for me to go to our local bookstore here. I'm in a really small city, and we only have one bookstore, so I really like supporting them, and I also like supporting the authors. So if you are able to do that, I think that's a really great option to just buy yourself a book and open it up. There's I don't know, my friends have those Kindles and they read on their little like laptop, iPad screens or whatever. And that's an option too. But for me personally, I just love holding a physical book and being able to turn the pages and stuff like that. So if you are looking to support your mental health this month, go grab a book. And if you want maybe like a festive book that's fitting for this time of year, I'm actually reading One Day in December by Josie Silver, I believe her name is. It's pretty good. I'm halfway through right now. And when I got to that halfway mark, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm finally warming up to this book. But if you like 
kind of like a hallmark love story type of book, then you will love this book. I promise. Or if you like historical fiction novels, I just read The Doll Factory and that was hands down my favorite book of the year. So now that I am giving you book reviews, I just want to give you a little bit of an Instagram update as well. I feel like this podcast episode kind of feels all over the place, but welcome to day one of my period. And hey, it's our one time every month where we can just sit down and hang out with each other. And I love these solo episodes for that reason, because I feel like all of the other episodes throughout the month, I'm with guests and we're talking with the guests and about their stories and learning from them and things like that. So I really just like using this episode to connect with you and update you on all the things and just chat with you. So anyways, a couple Instagram updates. Just this past weekend, I was posting to Instagram and talking about eating disorder recovery and how now that I'm recovered from an eating disorder, I have these moments of deep appreciation and gratitude for recovery and how these really small moments in my life now make me stop and just feel so incredibly grateful for recovery. And that happened to me this weekend when I was just sitting, reading a book, as I said, like I like to do throughout the day. And as I was sitting there on a Sunday, I remembered that when I was going through my eating disorder and really, really at the depths of my eating disorder when I was in high school, Sundays were my worst day. I struggled so hard on Sundays because my family, like we didn't really have plans on Sunday. They were kind of like a relaxing day at home. There was nothing really to do just as Sundays should be, right? Like the day of the week where we could just relax before starting a new week. And I really struggled with relaxing when I was recovering or just struggling with an eating disorder. So Sundays were always the most challenging for me. And that's something that I realized once I recovered is that I actually look forward to Sundays now and they are easily my favorite day of the week now because there are no plans. And so I was sharing all about this in my stories on Instagram this weekend and Instagram actually censored my message about eating disorder. So they saw the word eating disorder and they flagged it and censored me and like blocked my post. So that just brings me to remind you that we really don't know what's going to be happening with Instagram. Things are changing pretty fast with Instagram. They are supporting certain accounts and prioritizing showing those certain accounts and then for someone like me who actually works in the eating disorder recovery field if I use the word eating disorder my post actually got flagged which is not great for me that's not helpful at all and it's actually kind of scary because all of my one-on-one clients right now basically 
I mean, I primarily work with women in the eating disorder recovery space. And that's a lot of what I talk about over on Instagram. So like I said, it's just kind of a scary time if you are a business owner using Instagram as your main platform. And truly, guys, I cannot stress this enough, but this is why people like myself have a mailing list, like an email list. And it's not to bombard you with emails, but in my eyes, it's just a place where what if something does happen to Instagram in the future because we truly don't know what the future of Instagram is, what it looks like. And so that's why I always just kindly and lovingly remind you all that I do have a newsletter that you can subscribe to and sign up for. As a thank you, I created a ton of freebies for you all. So if you like meditating, you can download a free meditation from me. If you like journaling, I created a compassionate journal for you so you can go and download a free compassion journal. I also created a 28-day inner child healing journey for you. So there's so many options for you to get started. I send you that stuff for free. If you just want to join me on my newsletter, I send out one email a week, so I really don't bombard you with emails at all. But I just wanted to share that with you since we were on the topic of Instagram and things like that. So yeah, just a loving reminder from me that we don't know what's going to happen to Instagram. And of course, I'll always have the podcast. This is another great platform for you and I to connect on. But if something does happen to Instagram someday or you don't see my posts anymore for some reason, it's nice that you and I can still stay in touch through email. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And if you're not yet on my newsletter, I do have the link in the show notes. So with all that being said, and speaking of recovery and those moments of just feeling deeply grateful for my recovery, I do have a question about recovery. So I actually wrote about this question in my last email that went out just this past Sunday. But when I was writing out that email, I was like, you know what, this would be a really great question to also answer on this month's podcast episode. So here I am. And the question was, how or what motivated me or how was I motivated to move from quasi recovery to full recovery and I just really loved this question like I said and I wanted to answer it here so the very first thing for me was that I had been dealing with eating disorders I mean if you are new to my story I was diagnosed with my very first eating disorder when I was 10 years old and when I was Oh, was I 26, 27? I was I I was no longer struggling with an eating disorder, but my body 
was not fully recovered yet because I didn't have a period yet. So I was fully recovered from my eating disorders, but my body wasn't yet because I had hypothalamic amenorrhea, no period. And it was that time in my life where I realized that like, I didn't want to even go another year without my period. I didn't want to go another year and look back and just see another year go by that I wasn't fully recovered. You know, mentally, emotionally, I was, but my body hadn't recovered yet. And even though, you know, a lot of my recovery journey involved nourishing my body better and more fully, I did have to do deeper healing work. So I just did more work to move from that kind of partial recovery to full recovery because I do believe that like when you get your period back that's when you're fully recovered right or I believe that someone with hypothalamic amenorrhea can be recovered from an eating disorder but like your body isn't fully recovered yet so anyways two and a half years ago that's where I was my body wasn't fully recovered yet. And when I received this question about what motivated me from moving from quasi recovery to full recovery, that time in my life kind of popped up because at that point in my life, my body just wasn't recovered. And I do believe that it was kind of only partial recovery, right? Um, anyways, back to the question. And my answer is that I just didn't want to be like 10 years from then looking back and still in the same place. I just did not want that for myself. I thought that at that point in my life, like I said, I was in my late 20s and I was basically struggling with eating disorders since I was 10 years old. And although I was no longer struggling with an eating disorder at that point in my life, I knew that my body wasn't fully recovered and I just thought that I didn't want to waste any more time in my life at that point. I didn't want to look back a year from now and see myself in the exact same spot. And so for me, that was a big enough motivation for me to move forward is realizing that I really did not want to spend any more time of my life in that same spot. And I knew that I deserved recovery, but it was in that moment that I knew that I wanted full recovery, that I wanted my body to experience full recovery And it was really just kind of like I came to that point in time in my life and I came to that realization. And I don't want to say that to those of you struggling with moving from quasi-recovery to full recovery that, oh, just wait, you'll eventually get to this point in time in your life where you'll just be ready to get to that point, right? That's not what I'm saying, but that really is how it happened for me. I feel like I just 
reached this point in my life where I was like, wow, I don't want to be here anymore, you know? And maybe you listening to this podcast episode right now, you're realizing that too. Maybe this is your moment that you're like, wow, man, I don't want to be wasting any more time in quasi recovery either. So I just want you to know that I am so fully here for you. This is what I do on a daily basis with my clients. I link arms with them. I hold their hands and I become their biggest cheerleader. So many of my clients call me their best friend and that just fills my heart up so much to know that we really do form these incredible bonds and these incredible friendships through my coaching that I offer. So I just want to put that out there. If you do feel like you are maybe somewhat stuck in your recovery journey, you're not where you want to be yet. You know, you aren't at that place of full recovery yet. Or like I said, maybe you're just not where you want to be in your recovery journey yet. Just know I'm here for you and know I've been there and know that this is exactly how I help women. I created a whole coaching program all for this. I call it back home to you because I really do believe that's what recovery is all about is coming back home to yourself. It That's what healing's all about, you guys. It's coming back home to yourself. It's not about being someone you aren't. This coaching program really does lead you back home to yourself. So if this is all hitting home and you're listening to this live when it first comes out in December of 2021, I am currently accepting about like two to three new clients right now. We can start anytime in December or at the very beginning of the new year, whenever feels best for you. But I just want to throw that out there. I have all of the links in the show notes about this coaching program. You can email me directly. I have my email in the show notes as well. So if this is hitting home for you and you're feeling the nudge to reach out to me, this is that sign you've been waiting for. And the last thing I will say about motivation for recovery and, you know, just another thing that came to mind when I was prepping for this show is that we can get so comfortable with where we're at. And I think like this especially goes for recovery is that We can get so comfy with how far we've come because, you know, maybe we're not struggling with an eating disorder anymore, but you're at that point where you know you've come a long way and you're not struggling anymore and you're feeling comfortable with where you're at, but there's like this underlying sense of just longing for something more or this there's this underlying sense of just not being fully happy with the way things are right now for you and I totally understand that like I have been there myself and I think that's why we get so stuck in quasi recovery because things don't have to be super bad in quasi recovery. And I think that's, you know, like I said, that's, that's why it's so hard for so many women to take that next step because 
they are comfortable with where they're at. But as I was saying, we can't lie to ourselves, right? We have to be honest. And there, there usually is that underlying sense of just longing for more, more freedom and that full recovery that we literally dream of. I know it used to show up in my dreams years ago and it would freak me out. I remember being in high school, dreaming of being fully recovered and I would wake up and it was kind of like this really weird nightmare thing for me. Anyways, all that being said, you deserve full recovery. Full recovery is possible for you and I'm here for you. My arms are wide open, ladies. I am here. I am waiting. Like I said, I'm accepting about two to three new clients. We work with each other for three months or however long you want to, but there is a three-month contract for my Back Home to You coaching program. And I've been helping women all around the world inside this coaching program since July 2020. So it's a great program. And a ton of my clients have already been on their show sharing their experience all about the program with you all. So you can always scroll back through the episodes and just look for my client case study episodes and you will get to hear from my clients there. But anyways, I want to hop over to the next and final question and then we'll wrap up this episode for the month. But one of the other questions I received from you was about creating boundaries with family. So I'm sure you can already understand why I thought December was an appropriate month to record this episode with this question and answer this question for you. So December, it's the month of holidays, and that means that most of us are spending more time with our families, and I get it. Not all of you are boundary setting queens yet, but if you and I work together, I promise you I am going to support you in becoming that boundary setting queen you dream of being. All of my clients get there. So anyways, boundaries with your family. I want to help you with this in this episode. So you have to know when it comes to boundary setting, it's all for you. Remember that it's about you deciding what you are okay with and what you aren't okay with. So if you have this question about how do I set boundaries with my family, I'm sure you're already at the point where you know some of the things you aren't okay with and then what you are okay with. But that would be a place to start is knowing what you are okay with and what you aren't okay with. That's really where we start when it comes to boundaries. So knowing what's appropriate for you. And then when it comes to actually setting boundaries with your family, a lot of boundary setting obviously does have to come or comes with communicating your needs. So actually having those conversations, stating the boundary. And I also wanted to include in this episode that sometimes you don't have to say anything at all. 
So I was just picturing certain scenarios playing out, especially around the holidays. So I just want to give a couple of examples. With the holidays coming up, I know a lot of people get pretty stressed about being around their family and conversations happening about people's weight or their bodies or family members making comments about your body. So when it comes to things like that, we can literally ask just not to talk about those things. This is something I never even clued into until a couple years ago that I could create boundaries around like what I was okay talking about and what I wasn't okay talking about. So if someone's talking about someone else's body around the Christmas table this year, you can actually say, hey, I know you probably mean well by this, but I just prefer not talking about someone's body right now. Or hey, can we just find a different topic? That's another really easy way to change the conversation is, hey, can we just find a different topic right now? Or if you just plain old don't feel comfortable saying that, or maybe you have tried before and nothing happens, is you can literally just get up and move rooms, change rooms, get out of the room and be in another room because those are boundaries too. You don't have to be around people who are talking about things that you just don't feel comfortable or you don't want to be around when they talk about those things. So you can literally just change your environment. And I know some of my clients have had to do that because sometimes when we try to communicate our needs through words, the people around us don't always take us seriously or they don't respond that great to that, which is fine, but that's on them. It's not on you. But what is on you is taking care of yourself. So if you're not okay with being around people that talk about their weight or diets or someone else's body because let's be honest people do that right we can be at family functions or holiday gatherings with friends even and people just start talking about other people's bodies and that's not an enjoyable thing to be a part of at least I don't think so and if you follow me and hang out with me here on the podcast I'm sure you're in the same boat that's not something you want to be a part of so as I said before we can literally ask people just not to talk about that stuff or you can just like get yourself up and leave the room you can also create boundaries with where you spend your time right so If there are certain people that constantly are talking about things that you don't want to be talking about, ask yourself how you can maybe create boundaries with time spent around these people. Maybe these people aren't people you even have to be spending time with. So check in with yourself there. Are these actually people you have to be spending time with? And maybe they are. And if that's the case, then how can we spend just that enough time with them that we have to be spending with them and not all of our time with them? So 
those were the few examples that came up for me when I was putting together some notes for the show is boundaries around time for the holidays and then also boundaries around conversations happening about things that we really don't want to be a part of. And then another boundary that I often implement because sleep is so important to me. And again, this is a time boundary. I was just at my parents' house this weekend and they know I pretty much always leave at quarter to eight because I like being home at eight o'clock and they just know that by now and they respect that about me and do I have some like FOMO sometimes do I want to spend more time there or stay there later sometimes yeah but I always give myself that opportunity to check in with myself and respond to my needs in that moment. And as we wrap up this chat about boundaries, that's truly what boundaries are all about, is honoring your needs in that moment. So the boundaries that you need on Monday night might not look the exact same as the boundaries that you need two Mondays from now, for an example. Your needs change and you need to honor that, but you do need to honor your needs in each moment and we can do that by setting boundaries so if you need any boundary support reach out to me I am here for you I help so many of my clients with this and I would love to help you too so happy December my friends I hope you enjoyed this episode I will be back in January with another episode and I will see you next year for our next mental health check-in episode but don't forget I will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode and a special guest (music) 